it's uh, On the Sofa with Rouge, and this afternoon it's a great pleasure to have Stuart Byrne here from the Dyslexia Support Group. Um, so I'm assuming, Stuart, well, first of all, um, welcome to my house, welcome to On the Sofa. Thank uh, you. Thank you for being here. Very interesting to do um, a podcast on dyslexia, because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who don't really know what dyslexia is. So so growing up, you go to school and there's always people in your class who are going to be um, maybe given extra time at the end of an exam because they're dyslexic. Um, and I always thought it was to do with the letters the wrong way around, but actually reading about it just so that I had a little bit of background <laughs> for today, um, I've realized that it's a whole load more. It's the way you perceive things and the way you interpret things. So tell us all about it. What is dyslexia? Well, dyslexia um, officially is a learning uh, disability, um, but nowadays we don't really use the word disability that much. We, I think most organizations are moving away from the word disability. The thing is that the word disability ensures that legally we get the assistance that we need because mm. under the Disability Act we're covered. Yeah. But if, um, but really, it's not a disability as such. No. It can be disabling in certain areas, mm. but a lot of the times it has also got some uh, amazing gifts and strengths. So, and what I say is, dyslexia is in in the same way is in a, a lot of things in today's society. Um, we, we try to label things. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've got Crohn's and, and Crohn's is a disease that that um, you, you look at the symptoms and then you give it a name. Yeah. And dyslexia is similar in that way. It is it is a word that we use to describe a person, the way they, they deal with things, the way they think, the way, the way they process. And, and basically it means that our, our brains process information differently. So they're wired in, in, in a different way to yes, exactly. everybody else. And that's the important thing, it's, it's a difference. Yeah. So it's not a disability. It's you know it's not someone with a dyslexic, mm. um, someone who's not dyslexic is got a better brain or, or anything like that. It's just a difference, and those differences um, come with some things that um, are difficult and some things yeah. that are, are positive. What, what is difficult? I mean, what would be difficult for somebody who is dyslexic? So dyslexics um, have. Uh, a number of things, di directionality, sequencing, those are the areas that, that they struggle with and, and that has a knock-on effect. So, uh, like, what does sequencing, yeah, sequ what do you mean? Yeah, it's a good, it's good quite question. Quite technical. Yeah, so sequencing is anything that's in sequence, really. So, like, a word is is in order, it's in a sequence. Yes. Um, and and so, so dyslexics struggle with that. They just struggle, they can struggle also with um, the pr pronunciation of words. Yeah. Um, it's not a hearing and it's not a visual thing. It's it's the way the brain perceives and processes information. I can only imagine like it's the, the brain sending the message like to your body. Because I remember as a, as a thing, I broke my leg and my brain was like, move, move, stand up. And I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah. And I was thinking, this is when I first broke it. I was thinking, well, I'm, t I'm telling it to do something and it's not doing it. So I suppose it's a bit like that. Well, I think it's it's more that um, we use different type, different parts of the brain, mm. um, especially like, for example, when we're reading, you know, they've done brain scans of a dyslexic person when they read and an undyslexic and they see that our brain, we use different um, areas of the brain to an undyslexic. So um, that's... 
shows that we are um, normally a lot a lot more creative. We think yeah. outside the box, you know, and, and these are the positive things that are strengths. But it also means that we take a little bit longer to process the information. We take a little bit longer to read, which also means that when we're deciphering words, when we're reading, um, it, it takes us a bit longer and it's a bit more difficult. And that means also that our comprehension can can also be, um, you know, uh, affected. Yeah. So you'll find dyslexic will maybe read, take a little bit longer to read and maybe um, take a little bit. You may, may have to read the same paragraph a couple of times to really comprehend it properly. So tell me something. Let's go right back. So you are brought up in Jib. You're, you're one of three and you've got a big family. So are other... You real? When did you realize that you were dyslexic, and how did this affect you growing up? So yeah, I mean, dyslexia is really hereditary. So if okay. one of your parents have dyslexia, you have a fifty percent chance of having dyslexia. So there's dyslexia in in I think both my mom and my dad's sides, even though my dad's from the UK, and it's quite fine. Both of them have yes, dyslexia yeah, in the family. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of it's undiagnosed. Yes. Um, but but there's you know you can tell by asking the right questions and knowing dyslexia well enough and in my in my wife is originally from Norwich her father as well there's dyslexia in her side so both my kids oh, are dyslexic gosh. okay and dyslexic and you know um yeah so it's 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 rife you know if if like I if said it's genetic yeah it's it genetic so um I you know I was chatting with my mom a bit about this yesterday you know to try and re rejog my memory a bit from when I was little mm. um because a lot of this stuff um about how my mom found out I was dyslexic and my parents you know was was them their story to to some extent but um in St Mary's um uh, my my mom like you said now you know I'm the youngest of 3 yeah so and um, that was helpful for my mother because and my father because they they had something to you know gauge on you know um and they noticed early on that and and one of the teachers was very good friends with my mom as well and said look you know he's very intelligent mm. but he's struggling with things that doesn't make sense it shouldn't be struggling with and that's normally how you know dyslexia is discovered um parents normally say well wait a second the famous one is he he can talk about life on mars but yeah. he can't you know he can't write you know a simple word or read very carefully very well so it's it's normally that um difference between their verbal skills and and you know their knowledge and and perceived intelligence when talking mm. and how that doesn't add up to the way they read write and spell normally that's normally how it comes out you know? so so when you're a young boy in school and all your peers are like getting on with it and, and 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 sailing through and you're struggling with your learning how does that affect you as a young as a young lad in yeah school? i mean i'm very lucky yeah. because my mom uh, and dad were very supportive yeah and they noticed it you know, and they noticed you know, very and they early as they well aware so of you know it, so that, i mean yeah i i'm i was i was diagnosed when i was eight okay so, so that's still i mean quite a, a late age because yes. it, you start reading at about four three four you start learning your words so yeah, I mean, I, we, you know, my, like my son, I think we diagnosed him, you know, four or five. Yeah, of course, um, because you were really aware of yeah, it. I of mean, course, now, right. by, yeah, yeah, very aware of it and looking out for the signs straight away. Of course. Um, but also, you know, dyslexics often can mask their difficulties, mm. especially when they're young. They use memory and stuff and they can get through 
you know, uh, middle school, more or less. It's it's when the the work starts getting more complicated, more difficult, especially when it comes to like spellings. For example, um, I can't remember exactly the stats, but I think in first school you have to memorize a thousand words, something like that. And, and most dyslexics can manage to do that by memory. Mm. But once you pass that, you, and you're going to middle school. Um, you you need to learn thousands of words and you yeah. can't do that by memory alone. And that's when dyslexics start really struggling, um, especially with spellings and, and mm. you know, the times tables sort of a nightmare as well and, and things like that, where there's sequencing, where there's uh, memory uh, issues as well. Um, so that that is, is a quite common uh, areas that, that you will see. Yeah, and how do you, oh, like when you're when you're young and you're going through this and you know what it is and you know you have but how do you how do you deal with it like does it cause you stress when you're when you're young well i think that if you don't know yes it can be very more stressful, stressful of yeah. course and i think that that's why um i've always had this argument with education psychologists some yeah. some have um not liked to label um, and I've always said, look, if you can give the help that the child needs without labeling, that's fine. But as a dyslexic, being able to use that term to, you know, almost excuse sometimes my my misspelling or whatever, mm. it's very useful. So, you know, like with any diagnosis, I mean, it's not an illness, it's not a disease you can't catch and you can't lose it, you know. Yeah. But it is like a disease in that sense that once you know what you have, it's really, really helpful. And, and, I, yeah. and I think for, for, for me, I was lucky, like I said, young eight is is it's not that young but it's young for a lot yeah. of uh, kids with dyslexia they they don't get diagnosed normally that early and young to get um, help not yeah, least. yeah yeah and and it, it, for me I, I i don't really remember not being dyslexic so i uh, you know it's mm. it's difficult but you know no, hearing stories speaking to other people speaking to people who have found out they're dyslexic in their uh, you know as adults, adults and stuff it can be it, mm. imagine you know you're struggling through things i mean i think of somebody who i knew who was a year ahead of me in school you know a clever guy and um he struggled with his 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 um times table imagine being told you're stupid, you're lazy, you haven't studied awesome. when awesome. you've studied more than a any of your peers and awesome. you still can't get it right. It's mm. it, it, very traumatic. It, yeah, very traumatic. And, mm. you know, there's a high percentage, you know, of of depression and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is why it's so important that we, we get it early. That's going to be one of my questions about mental health. But I want to ask you, what for you, for example, um, what worked well and what didn't? And, well, let's start there. What worked, what helped? Um, I think having supportive parents yeah, was really, sure. really good. Um, what about the teachers? What about the education system? Well, the education... <laughs> the education. Oh, there's a bit of beef there, no? <laughs> well, I can, no, I the, can education, the, the education system is not made for dyslexics. You know, okay. it's not. And Even now, with all no, the... No, no, for sure, it's not made for dyslexics. Okay. And, and this is what we it's tell everybody, you know? We mm. say, if... Instead of trying to teach a dyslexic in the way that's best for them, we just say, teach the whole class yeah. in the way that a dyslexic learns because it's beneficial for everybody. You know, dyslexics mm. learn multisensory. And it's quite funny. Today I was at work, you know, we had the radio on and a song came up and my colleague was like, oh, doesn't that remind you of football? It was one of the theme songs. And I say, it's true music. You know, memories come back with music. And, and this is what... 
we needs to needs to be done for dyslexics. If you're going to talk about an apple, don't just write apple on a piece, on a piece of paper. Bring an apple. Let me feel it. Let me take a bite out of it. Let me taste it. All that that memories, all those senses help me to remember things. So that is a, something that you know classes can do and teachers can do that benefits everybody it doesn't yeah. just benefit dyslexics so that's just one little you know um pointer but if if schools were teaching as if every child was dyslexic it would be beneficial for all the problem would it, is would, also, it slow, would it slow things down though i i don't think so no i don't think so you know I, I, the thing is <laughs> slow things down if 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 you look at what has to be done to try and get a lot of kids to catch up it's it's, you know? it's, it's all relative yeah i mean it's it's a good question but i mean look private schools do these kind of things there's dyslexic private schools mm. and things and and they seem to do it uh, mm. and i know that there's there are teachers out there who do do mm. these things so it can be done mm. you know it's just a uh, few and far between maybe not as much as we we like mm. um the system the actual education system, and this is not Gibraltar, this is because we follow the UK education system, is, is slightly limiting to teachers. You know, it is, it can be, you know, a bit of a, you know, hands tied behind your back situation. But I think within that, a lot of teachers, a lot of creative teachers, a lot of teachers who really love their profession, find ways to make it work. So if they can do it, it can be done. Have you had tried to change the system or have you had discussions with the Department of Education? Well, like I said, you know, we follow the UK system. Yeah. So, you know, I've spoken to the British Dyslexia Association um, and Made by Dyslexia were the two charities that we liaise with the most. And I said, look, these are things that you guys need to fight for because we are not going to change the UK government. Mm. The UK government changes, then, you know, we will follow suit. But... There are things that we can do here that don't need that change. You know, like I've just said, there are teachers who who are doing it, who are implementing mm. things in their classroom, irrespective of the the system. I was going to ask you, sorry to interrupt, but does it does it does the Senko teacher have something to do with a child who is dyslexic? Well, yeah, the Senko should be dealing with right. um, children with SEN or right. special education needs. Um, they don't necessarily di directly deal with them but and um, they can do at times and at yeah. times they're supporting the teacher and you know we that's one thing that we pushed and we asked for uh senko in every school here in gym yeah yeah and that's something that was pushed through a couple of years ago and there, and that does exist now yeah as far as i know we are you know um that's something we asked for and um dr yeah. cortez um pushed that through when he was education minister mm. and that's really good the thing is that we need to make sure that not just that we have a Senko, but the Senko has the resources, the tools, the time Absolutely. to actually do the job, which is what we are always trying to make sure, you know, and get feedback from Senkos, get feedback from teachers and go back to the education department and say, look, this is what we're hearing, mm. you know, because sometimes what the education department hears and what we hear can be slightly different, different things, you yeah. know. And, and are there different levels of dyslexia? Are there people who are more... Yeah, so what we would say is severity. Yeah. Yes. So you have um, varying severities and also, obviously, the intelligence of the actual person. So, you know, if yeah. you've got somebody who's highly intelligent and got mild dyslexia, maybe they'll get through schooling and won't notice until then in uni or maybe never get diagnosed. Mm. But then you have someone who's, you know, average intelligence and severely dyslexic and, and they struggle a lot more. So it's, you know, and within mm. that there's 
a lot of variation with the symptoms and and you know how how it manifests itself in okay. each individual so as a charity what is your main aim and what is it that you do well my, i always say my main aim is to get rid of the dyslexia support group to, you know that gibraltar to get is, rid of it yeah that gibraltar is a place where dyslexics feel comfortable and they don't need a support group you know that okay. the schools are, de are dealing with dyslexia in a way that we don't need we're not necessary you know obviously we're we're happy here here to be here to support parents and stuff but if if gibraltar is dyslexia friendly then hopefully you know there'll be a, a less need for us but so you're like a pressure group putting well we, we we've always fought against being a pressure group we're a okay. support group so we're here to support parents to support children support adults who are dyslexic and support the education department and the government to make things better for dyslexics and in in that there is a bit of pressuring but we're not a pressure group we're a support group we're here to work alongside the education department and the mm. government and and anyone else who you know and, and businesses and anyone else who who sees that you know and obviously educate and awareness awareness is a big a big part of it you deal with businesses as well who employ yeah, yeah. people who have who are dyslexic yeah i mean we're just a small charity it's, inter it's, and we, interesting. It, it's, Very it's interesting. A, a lot of work and you know a lot of our focus is um trying to get children diagnosed as soon as possible recognized yeah. as soon as possible like we said before if if we're dealing with people in adults you know they've already been through school they've already been demoralized maybe mm. you know had depression and stuff like that so we we do do a lot of our focus work in in children but we're there to support adults as well we get mm. you know calls from businesses we get calls from you know um employees and and, and we get people wanting to be assessed as adults so Business, well. Do you think um, in Jib there is inclusivity of people who are dyslexic? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, it's difficult to tell. Um, you know, I worked for the GFSB for yes, four and a half years, you know, and I've yeah. and, and worked um, to try and spread the word. But it, it is difficult and it is it is a difficult one because, you know, I think that even though awareness is better, yeah. it's still not at a point where... I don't think maybe some businesses are like this, but do businesses think I want to employ a dyslexic? And that is where we should be or where we hope to be, where businesses think I want to employ a dyslexic. A dyslexic at the moment, if they, you know, fill in an application form, they may think twice about putting if they're dyslexic down on an application form. Now, that shouldn't be of the case. Of course not, no. But, uh, you know... But that is the reality. I, yeah, I've been looking for a job in the last six months, and I thought twice about it. I thought, well, I, I, is this going to be looked upon? Oh, I don't want a dyslexic what, in my... What did you do? Well, I, I can't remember. It depends on which <laughs> ones I, I did. I, I think, you know, most people know I'm dyslexic. It's, you know, it's yeah. not like I, I hide it. Yeah. Um, but I, I see that it's a strength in a lot of ways, and yeah. I try to, you know, point out those strengths as well. Um, but it is, it is something that I think if if businesses, um, you know, realize the benefit of having dyslexic in their team, then they would they want them. I, I think I was looking up stats the other day and I think it's NASA employ 50 percent of dyslexics because they recognize the skill set that dyslexics have. And, mm. and G, G, is it G, GCHQ as well? Mm. They also employ a lot of dyslexics. I mean, it's really education, isn't it? Because I had no idea. Yeah. 
um, at all. <laughs> so I'm really glad we're doing this because yeah. it's very important to get this message out. So really, it's 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 perceived as a as a difficulty, but it shouldn't be. Um, and you're trying to. In fact, Eric, I had this conversation with Eric Robotson the other day because he said, you know, I'm I'm disabled, but yet look at all the things I can do. Mm-hmm. So rather than than focusing on the on the on the negative think yeah. of all the other possibilities there are yeah. around that one thing um yeah. so i guess you see it in the same way unlock your global business potential with octopus international business services limited in gibraltar are you looking to expand your business horizons and tap into international markets look no further than octopus international business services limited your trusted partner for seamless global business solutions at octopus we understand the complexities and challenges of conducting business on a global scale with our extensive experience and in-depth knowledge of the gibraltar markets we offer a comprehensive suite of services designed to support your international business ventures. Our team of seasoned professionals is committed to providing tailored solutions that cater to your unique business needs. Whether you're a small startup or a large multinational corporation, our range of services includes company formation, legal and compliance supports, accounting and bookkeeping, and much, much more. Please contact us on 200-77-779 or through our website, octopus.com. You can contact us also on Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. Octopus International Business Services Limited, regulated by the Gibraltar Financial Services Commission. You, you said it causes, it can cause a bit of depression, especially with young people who are struggling, right? Um, yeah. um, is, 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 is it prevalent? Is it, is it, are there quite a lot of people who are going through? Well, uh, you know, that's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I think that there is some it's it's difficult to know sometimes you know um yeah. th- there is some studies that say that it is a knock-on effect and some say that it is part of dyslexia yeah. and you know it is a bit difficult to tell is it is mm. it's the circumstances of your struggling that you know your self-esteem is is affected or is it part and parcel of it and it's difficult to tell i mean like i said before i was very lucky because my parents were very supportive mm. and they always like I've, I got a report from school and my, um, you know, my effort was an A, even though maybe my attainment wasn't an A, they would be very supportive and very, very happy. And those kind of little things help a long way, you know, mm. not punishing me when they know that I've worked my socks off to learn my timetable and I still don't know them. Things like that really help a great deal. But it, it's difficult to tell. And I think that it is ju- it's just trying to find the root of things oh if, if yes. you're if you're depressed can, you know yes. it, you know why are you depressed why? Yeah, I, yeah. I i always tell this story i i had a, a conversation with a guy must have been 35 36 something like that a really nice guy really calm really gentle not very talkative mm-hmm. and i started talking to him about school i started talking to him about baseline his face changed and he's a dyslexic, obviously. Uh, his face changed. He got really aggressive and really, because he's he, he you could tell his memories were coming back of, of the struggles the trauma, of the, the horror, that he'd gone yeah, the trauma he had gone through in school, and and he changed. It's and awesome. I was like, whoa! And uh, you know, I, I had to you know change the conversation to a certain extent. But mm. yeah, I, I often tell teachers, look, your job is really important. You can really you have 
a real big power mm. over children you know be careful what you say be careful how you say things um you know if you call a child stupid or lazy and things like that it could stay for them for the rest of their lives is that still happening Stuart? Yeah, it still is happens. it really yeah. happening i'm mean, not i i don't even nowadays yeah you know? i mean look, teachers are human beings you know they get frustrated and 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 stuff but i, I do think the more we bring up the awareness mm. and the understanding it is it is very different when you get frustrated with somebody because you think they're not trying to when you get frustrated with somebody because you know they're trying and they can't yeah yeah your your frustration is not big the same you know it's yeah, a big yeah, difference yeah, yeah. and yeah. so when and that is why when we go back to the label for example when you know i'm struggling with my spelling if if i can say look i'm dyslexic and the person who's involved or around ah he's dyslexic so you know it's not it's not ha ha it's not mm. it maybe a little bit el pobre but mm. you know that's not what we want we want understanding that look mm. this is an area that we struggle with it's it's you know talking about eric you know uh getting into a building is is you know he wouldn't be disabled if there's a ramp you yeah. know it's it's not him that's disabled it's it's exactly the, the right. facilities you know and, and, yes exactly and that's right. what i that's say what about dyslexia say. you know mm. if if the schools like we said before talk um teach mm. dyslexics and everybody else the same way you know they they will succeed even with rewriting and spelling maybe not amazing but they will they will be able to do it at, at a really good level i was reading um on the website the my dyslexia what's it what did you made say by dyslexia. made by dyslexia I had a quick look at it yeah and it said something about dyslexic thinking mm -hmm. there's a whole thing about it what, what does it mean so um made by dyslexia they they've partnered with microsoft and with virgin obviously richard branson being yeah. dyslexic and, yeah yeah um and they've they've come up with this it's it's on linkedin so you can put it as a linkedin um skill hmm. it's dyslexia thinking and basically it describes a little bit about how dyslexics thinks and and how you know that is a positive thing that you may want in in your workplace you know i like i've said before um dyslexics are normally got very good um out of the box thinking they're very good problem solvers normally got very good spatial awareness so very good at 3d thinking and thinking you know thinking out of the box and getting good ideas and and, and figuring out how to resolve things so all that kind of stuff i mean i can't remember exactly the but mm -hmm. if you go on to i think it's um dictionary.com and you look up dyslexia thinking it's there and you go into linkedin if you're dyslexic you can go to skills and you can add it as a skill you can add it as a skill yeah just, that's brilliant yeah, that's know, turning it's it around completely yeah and this is what i think and, and, and it's about education it's about yeah. telling people that you can do that and yeah. that it's a thing yeah i, I think uh, that's made by dyslexia has been pushing that a lot it's funny because we were doing that locally i think you know that uh, you know i was 30 years ago the dyslexia support group was started in 1991 so you know we're talking over 30 years ago that that dyslexia support group in jib started and and i think back then it was trying to get people understanding the difficulties that we have but i think now even though some people still don't understand the difficulties mm -hmm. but i think now it's 
trying to make people understand yes we have difficulties but we also have strengths mm. and not to see you know like we said before employing a dyslexic as a negative thing we don't want you to employ us as a favor because you need to you know fulfill a quota of, no, or, or, feel, uh, yeah, or feel sorry for you or you something know, we, we want you to think mm. okay i want a dyslexic on my team because mm. they're going to bring things that you know and if i need to support them in the areas that they struggle with okay i support them but they're going to bring things that i don't have in my team right now and do you think the private sector compared to the, the the public sector, there's a difference between the people they employ? Like, do you think one of them ticks all the boxes so we have to employ a dyslexic and we have to, or not? Is there uh, disparity? In I, I don't know. It's a difficult I question. I mean, from working in the GFSP, yeah, I mean, I, did you come across we situations? We haven't really done, um, you know, any research mm. in that regard. But what I would say is that, um, I think 50% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic. Wow. You know, so entrepreneurship is, is you know, a big thing for dyslexics. So you will find that a lot of the small businesses in Gibraltar, a lot of them are probably, you know, opened or run mm. by dyslexics, you know, because they're very creative. And mm. a lot of them don't like to sit behind the desk, to be honest. They are, you know, they're a bit more active, they're a bit more creative and, and, they, and they want to... They want to express themselves. Mm. Um, so you find that they they often, you know, set up their own businesses. Or maybe they have a nine-to-five job in the government, but they have another job on the on side. The side you yeah. know, that, and, and that is very common until maybe that kind of really, you know, uh, feed them. Then they leave and they go for that because they're very creative, they're entrepreneurs. So you will find that probably there may be a disparity because they tend to like to have a bit more control, a bit more creativity, so they, they set up their own businesses. And what is the percentage of, of, of people who are dyslexic? So, you know, in the UK, they say 5 to 10%. Okay. Um, but I've seen in, in, in the States, it, it can go up to 15%. Of course, yeah. Um, so they say 1 in 5 or 1 in 10. Mm. You know, it's a high percentage. I think in Gibraltar, it, it's probably on the high side. Do you, you think? Know? You think? Yeah. yeah, because, you know, we're a small community. Yeah. It's very hereditary. So, you know, mm. a small community like Gibraltar. Uh, the other mm. thing, you know, it, it, I, I laugh at it, but, but you tend to, you know, marry people who think like you, who are similar to you. So a dyslexic. Is that what happened to you? Well, my wife's not never been diagnosed, but, yeah. but there's dyslexia in her family. So, yeah. So the likelihood is that, you know, dyslexic, marry another dyslexic. So Because you're looking at the same... Yeah, you're well, looking... Things that you, get, yeah, you, you, you think similarly, you know. Yeah. So um, obviously sometimes, uh, I'm not saying every dyslexic marries an undyslexic. No, 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 no. So the, the likelihood of their children being dyslexic is even higher because they're both parents are dyslexic. So, you know, I think in Jib, the, the percentage is probably quite high. Um, you know, 10% at least, you know, maybe a bit more. It's a lot. It's quite but a lot. yeah, that's another thing that, you know, we did obviously speak to the political parties about. We need stats. We really need stats in Jib mm. because, you know, it's very difficult to know how much support we need to give if we don't know how many people are, you know, have dyslexia. Tell me about the charity. How many are you in the charity working for? you know, to enhance the services provided? So, yeah, we're, we're a small support group, charity, you know. Um, uh, we have a committee um, and we, we I think we're six in the committee. Not, so not that many. Yeah. So you're looking for people, Stuart? Yeah, always looking for people, always looking for people. I mean, most of our committee work as well. 
So it's it's always difficult to do things, especially those things that need to be during, done during working hours. So please, yeah, anyone listening, please get in touch because especially like either retired people or people who, you know, don't work, that's very helpful. Um, mm. But even if you do, you know, get, get in touch. We're always looking for people. It is, you know, at the end of the day, most of the people who get involved have dyslexic children or, or are dyslexic themselves. So, you know, they have their, their struggles with their families as well. So, it, you know, it is time consuming and sometimes it can be stressful. And so mm-hmm. it's it's always good to have fresh blood. I mean, it is very rewarding as well, obviously, you know, and, and um, yeah, I've been doing it for 20 years on and off. Yeah, you know, I had some health issues, so I took a year out, but um, it's, it is very rewarding and there's still work to be done. Done. so you know Always, um yeah. i i please get in, get involved and get in touch that's my next question um this podcast is called why bother <laughs> right um i've spoken to a lot of people about why they bother to do things and what 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 gives them what you know, most is that it gives them a lot of joy that's why mm-hmm. but i would ask you i mean you've been through ups and downs you said you you know you've also got an um an, an, an illness that that you deal with as well as part from everything else so why do you bother yeah it's a good question i mean i i i looked back um i think it was like 2013 2000 sorry 2003 2004 um my my daughter was I feel that I need to give back to the community. I need to do something. I looked at mm. some friends who, like, one was, you know, um, giving guitar lessons and stuff. And I was like, God, I, I want to give back. I want to do something. And and I like, I don't have anything. I don't have any skills, you know. I, I can't play a guitar or anything. And and it, I just bumped into a friend and he, he told me about um, somebody who had been diagnosed at 14 years old. And I was horrified, you know, I hadn't remember I hadn't been in, involved with the sex support group, you know, ever really, mm. because when I was a kid, it was my mum who was doing it. So and and I was I couldn't believe that that was still going on. I was like, nah. So um, I said, well, I, I'll, I'll get involved with that. Something I can I can help out, you know, I, I know yeah, a little you know, bit about yeah, dyslexia. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Being a dyslexic, uh, what I found out is that the dyslexic support group wasn't running anymore at that time. So I had to get it going again. I was hoping to just join in the committee, but in the end, I had to start <laughs> it myself, basically all over again. So I, you know, at the time, my I didn't have my son. My daughter was just about being born. I didn't know if any of them were going to be dyslexic. I just wanted to give back. I just and I still want to. I just want to help those who are less fortunate, those who don't have a voice. You know, those that, you know... Need support. Need support. A lot of times parents don't know or understand. No, maybe parents are in denial. You get that quite a lot as well. Yeah, you get that as well. And some of them are dyslexic themselves and they've managed and they think, ah, you can can get through. And you go, wait a second. It's not about getting through. It's about thriving. Yeah, it's about doing the best you can, you know. And and sometimes, you know, that's happened um, with my kids. It's like the school says, yeah, yeah, but they're okay. But yeah, they're okay. But they could do much better. They are cleverer. They you give them the support. Mm. They instead of being getting, you know, average, they could be getting above mm. average. Or if they're getting mm. above average, they could be getting excellent. So, so apart, apart from changing the way things are taught in Jib, what would you change? That's a good question. <laughs> I 
perceptions I, maybe. Yeah, you know? I think it's a, a, a great deal of our work is awareness and perception. You know, I yeah. I talk about dyslexia and, you know, people say, oh, give me, t- talk to me about dyslexia for five, ten minutes. I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's not enough time to talk no. about dyslexia. You know, when I, I, you know, most people think about rewriting and spelling, but there's so many other things that, are involved you know the way that the brain processes information affects loads of different things and and sometimes a lot of the times dyslexia overlaps with other um uh, similar disabilities like um 40 percent of people with adhd have dyslexia also um and and there's dyscalculia and and, you know there's um dyspraxia and uh, um and uh, uh, you know uh, autism and stuff so a lot of these things and um have overlaps yeah yeah. have overlaps so you know some of the times you think you know a lot of the times people think about dyslexia and they think well if you're not reading writing and spelling it doesn't affect you you know and it it does and there's so many different areas and you know i i remember i was playing a game with my my brother and sister once you know and uh my kids were born so i must have been what 26 27 something like that you know not a kid <laughs> and we're playing a game and you know my brother and sister they're amazing they and and they've always been really understanding with my dyslexia and stuff and we're playing a game and i was feeling i felt like a child i felt really inside of me like i felt like throwing the, the board you know kind of thing that you do when you're a kid and you can't cope and and I just got up and I left and I was like, why am I feeling like this? I, I didn't understand what was going on and I started thinking about it and started praying. I was like, God, why am I, why am I getting so worked up? You know, why am I struggling with this game? And the game was sequencing numbers with colors and stuff. And I'm like, the hardest of thing. Of course, this is Ian Seema, my brother and sister. Okay, they love games and they love making games more difficult so a game that is normally without a timer they add a timer and they put you under more pressure so you couldn't so cope with it i couldn't cope yeah, with it and and i and i came back and, and i and i sat my whole family down and i said look you know you may think i was childish leaving the room and i felt like a child but i couldn't cope and the reason i couldn't cope was this game is difficult for me on a normal day as soon as you added the time element mm. I, I, it was too much for me, mm. you know, and it's it's funny as a family who, you know, has grown up with dyslexia, who kind of understands it most more than most, you know, my brother and sister still needed that to be explained. They're, they're obviously you know. not dyslexic. Well, as far as we know, I don't think neither of them have ever been tested. Um, but it, it's it's those things that, you know, they still, still times when, it's, uh, the terminology I don't like it when my dyslexia affects me. It's who I am, you know. It's not. It's not something. It's part of who I am. And and sometimes, you know, um, I I struggle with something or, or another. And it's I can I can understand. I can put it down to to my dyslexia. I can yeah. see that it's uh, it's a symptom of of that. You know, um, uh, some some common ones like I'm struggling right now. Retrieving words is very common. So you often get someone, dyslexic people, who say, Go me the thing from the thing. 
See, it's a very common. Happens, actually, I do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a very common <laughs> retrieving. I do that. I've never yeah. thought I could be dyslexic, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do do that. Retrieving so maybe, words maybe. is, is can how, be very very difficult. We talk about testing. How how do you get tested? What would be like a question you would ask that would give you an indication? So there's there's two there's two things. There's the official tests, which needs to be done by an education psychologist to get the official diagnosis. Then you can have tests done by other professionals like Jessica Byrne, who's trained yeah. from, from the Dyslexia Support Group. Um, and even Senkos can do tests. They're not official diagnosis for like GCSEs and stuff like that, but enough to start being supporting. But what I do normally with parents um, that call us or get in touch with us is, you know, ask simple questions. First, is there dyslexia in the family as it's really hereditary? If they know of, of dyslexia in the family, well, then that's already a alarm bell. Some of them don't know. There's ne never been anyone diagnosed with dyslexia in the family, but mm. there still may be dyslexia in the family. So I ask questions like, do you have any entrepreneurs in your family? Do you have any uncles, uncles, aunties who maybe did very badly at school but have gone on to, to become, to become yeah. you know, really um, business-minded or people. even maybe done a degree in their 30s or 40s, which is very common for dyslexics as well. Things like that. Ask those kind of questions. Yes, actually, you know, or, you know, do mm. any of your, your family, you know, write really badly or they're spelling really bad yeah. considering they own a business? Oh, yeah, actually. So it's those little things that you can start, you know, saying, okay, maybe dyslexia is in the family even though you've never had anyone diagnosed. And then... And start saying, okay, well, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was tying my shoelaces, which is very common. Dyslexics struggle with directionality. So they struggle with telling the left from their right. They struggle from, you know, tying their laces. They struggle with those, all those like sequencing, directionality, all those kind of things they, they struggle with. So tying shoelaces has yes. got all that. And things like um, finding out, finding a dominant hand when writing. So if your child is a bit ambidextrous, where most of the kids in the class have picked their dominant hand, they're still not chosen a dominant hand. Um, things like that as well. Um, Lots of things. Yeah, delayed speech. Yeah. Um, sometimes glue ear and, and problems with mm. the ears. I don't know why that is, but it is common. So you start. I ask those kind of questions. Are they very creative? Normally, dyslexics are very creative. You know, normally they go into some kind of art form. It's early on; they are very creative and thinking out of the box. Um, and then the, the issues with, you know, like we said before, if you're if you talk to them and you can tell that they're not stupid, that they're clever, that that you know, um, and and then they're struggling with things that for their perceived intelligence, they they shouldn't be struggling with. So all those kind of things are the kind of things I mm. talk to parents about and start gauging yeah you know if it's and dyslexia or not. how can people get because we've been chatting for quite a while <laughs> it doesn't seem like it because i could carry on so many things to ask yeah. but how can people get in touch with you and um, if they feel they have a child maybe or or they're struggling um what, what can they do so yeah, I'm, my telephone number is everywhere, you know. Yeah. So um, oh, if not just ask me, I can yeah. put you through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You yeah. know, we're on Jib Yellow, on Facebook and YouTube. We're everywhere. On, uh, yeah, Twitter, and we just um, set up uh, an Instagram account as well. So um, we're on all all the mediums you can. I mean, I you know, if it's during working hours, please you know send just send me a WhatsApp, and you know I can call you after work. If not, you know, just send us an email. 
or okay. get us on Facebook or whatever. You know, we've got all, all the platforms we can. So, Stuart, um, we've had the uh, Dyslexia Awareness Week, which was last week, and um, we wore red for Dyslexia on Friday. So what else is happening? So next week we've got our AGM. What day is that? So that's Thursday at the John McIntosh Hall at 6 p.m. Okay. So, you know, if you want to come find out what we've been up to, what we're going to do, and also if you want to get involved, we really encourage people to come along. If you want to get involved, I'll try and get in touch beforehand so we can have okay. a little chat. But yeah, the AGM on Thursday at six o'clock at the John McIntosh Hall. Well, thank you, Stuart. It's, it's been a real pleasure. One last question that I ask all my guests would okay. have to ask you. So if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only be with one person, who would it be with and why? My wife, Hazel, for sure. Ah. I love her to bits. And, uh, you know, we just went for, for uh, lunch yesterday. It was great. It was lovely. I love her to bits. And, you know, I, I would love to spend every time I can with her. That's so romantic. Very <laughs> sweet. It's been a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you, for Stuart, for, for telling us all about um, dyslexia. And, yeah, of course, I hope lots of people get in touch and hear this. Thank and you. We can help other people. Yes, thanks.